Design New Podcast, Episode 27. If you are stressed, stretched and stuck and ready to take your life to the next level, reach out to me for a free 30-minute strategy call to see what steps you can implement right now to design your best life. Email me at connect at tinamurray.com and let's create your own unique blueprint to lay the foundations for that life that you really want. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board, Paul Courtman. Paul is a certified nerd, a nomad, and a marketing extraordinaire who has loaned his insights to a variety of businesses. In 2010, Paul combined his 12 years of expertise in information technology and digital marketing into his agency, Connex Digital Marketing. Since then, Paul has gone on to co-found three other companies and help countless businesses succeed through marketing and increase sales. In the last seven years doing various projects with his clients, Paul and the team at Connex have found a couple of simple techniques which mean their clients win every time. When he is not busy helping business startups, he loves to travel with his wife and four lovely kids and they live on the road as a location-independent family. Join me as I chat with Paul about living a nomadic life. Hi Paul, welcome to the Design New Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Now tell me, what are you doing right now to design your best life? We are totally changing gears. Uh, Yeah, so we've been living a location-independent lifestyle for the last four years, Mm -hmm. and we are in the process of switching to home base for six months out of the year and then traveling for six months out of the year. So we, uh, yeah, four years ago, we dramatically redesigned our life and I guess we're addicted to that. So we're going to redesign it again. Lovely. What part of the initial redesign were you addicted to? When you just start to sell everything uh, up and move and live wherever you wanted, what was, what are you, what's addictive? I think the addictive part is that I don't have, we don't have to do cultural norms. Uh, every group kind of has like this group think or the party line or whatever. And, uh, and we got into that for a while and then realized, you know, we don't want to be that way. And, uh, so then we dramatically changed our life and then went, you know, this whole like traveling all the time thing. I don't know. Maybe that's not working out for us either. And so, but then you realize you have the freedom to, as in your words, to design your life or your lifestyle. Uh, you have the freedom to choose how to live, where to live, and uh, and what to live like. Mm, so it's you traveling with your kids and your wife? Yeah. So there's, we have a lot more than just them right now, but uh, <laughs> there are four kids 11 and under. So my youngest is five. My oldest is 11. That will all change next month to oldest being 12 and youngest being six. Um, but then, uh, yeah. And my wife and I were celebrating our 15th anniversary this year. Congrats. And, um, 
Thanks. And we live in a motorhome uh, in Europe. They're called caravans. Mm -hmm. In Mexico, where we are, they're called remokes. Uh, But yeah, we live in a motorhome and um, we now have six dogs at our house. Um, We have three of them are ours and three we're fostering, but... And we have two horses. So we live in a motorhome mm. and we have a pack of dogs and <laughs> two horses. So, yeah, we're, um, we're, we're designing our life as we fly down the runway. You know, as we go down the runway, we're putting the wings on, trying to figure out, okay, how are we doing this? We're going to have some horses. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Okay. And I suppose horses and dogs are mobile, but I can see why you might want to settle somewhere for six months at a time now. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I have a lot of fun with it. And um, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, I once had said, yeah, horses don't fly so well. And he, he reported, unless they're unicorns. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, we, my, my wife has, had a lifelong dream of owning horses. She's ridden horses most of her life. Uh, her mom was deathly afraid of horses. And so that was just never in the cards for her. Uh, we got married and settled down, had kids, blah, 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 and never had enough money to afford horses. And, um, you know, I, you know, it's a dream, but you, you still want to do that for your spouse. And, uh, and then, yeah, we ended up traveling the world and then said, you know, I think we're ready for another chapter. And so that home base idea started coming around and these horses became available. And so bada boom, bada bing, you suddenly have horses. Fantastic. But you see, that's what I like about what you're doing is because you're, there's flexibility in what you're doing. You are actually looking at what it is that you want. What, and that can include dreams. We often forget to dream or think we can ever achieve our dreams. But often they yeah. are actually easy to grasp onto if we will take some action to go and do something about it. Exactly. So uh, to give you an idea, we actually have made bucket lists for each of our kids and we've made bucket lists for my wife and I, and these are like supposedly bucket lists. We were just reviewing them the other day and I was like, well, wait a minute. Now, isn't this like when you are going to die because you have cancer and these are the things you're supposed to accomplish before you die, you know, and all this. And that's, you know, the theory behind the bucket list. And it's like, but in reality, if you just kind of say, well, screw it, I don't have terminal cancer yet, but I you know, don't want to live life without regrets. And so um, our bucket lists change, uh, you know, like, for example, I used to want to own a milking cow random of all randoms but we you know we were doing the hobby farm thing before we left the states and traveled the world and so like we really wanted to have a cow to provide our own milk and blah 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 well and that's like not in the cards for me anymore i have no desire for that but what do i want i want to get my scuba diving license like that's that's really what i want now and you know and so like we're working through all these different things. And just a couple of nights ago, my wife sat me down and said, now, listen, I've been thinking the Maldives and we can cross off like seven things off of multiple bucket lists. If we go to the Maldives, 
And I'm like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> the Maldives. Mexico so. Maldives. Yep. Good. Yep. <laughs> yep. So now I've got price alerts and we'll see what happens. Yeah, but that's, that is exactly it. That's what I love about a bucket list. And I, I agree. I don't think bucket lists don't need to be huge things. They can be who you want to meet. They could be which restaurant you want to go to. And I think once you've written them down, you become aware of them. So the thing like the Maldives, as we say in Australia, <laughs> or the Maldives, yes. <laughs> um, the, the thing with that is you probably may not have been as aware of it if you didn't know that there was these seven things between your kids and your bucket list to, to cross off. And that's what I love okay. about a bucket list because you've written it down, you become aware of it, and then you become aware of opportunities. Yeah. One of the things on my bucket list that I don't know, I kind of have to create this opportunity. Uh, it's, it's not as easy as going to the Maldives, which is a little strange, but um, I want to be able to give $10,000 to somebody, US dollars with no strings attached. And, and just to be able to give that large of, of a chunk. Yep. Not to, you know, quote, think twice about it or whatever and yep. just be like, okay, here's 10 grand. You know, yep. like, <laughs> like right now I'm so far away from that. But, you know, to be able to do that and just yep. like, yeah, that's okay. I don't, you know, I don't need yep. anything for that. And to be able to be a blessing to somebody that way. And, yep. uh, yeah, so I don't know. We'll get there someday, right? But it's funny, again, it's that awareness of it and the fact that you've got that there, I think when the opportunity arises, you'll go, you know what, this is what I can actually do with that that $10,000. Classic example, there was this woman who I actually interviewed on my podcast, Alexandra Andre, and she decided that she wanted to do an Ironman event and dedicate it to her friend who was about to pass away from cancer. She couldn't even Mm. run 12 kilometres when she did that. And when she actually did the event you know she got through it in 12 amazingly 12 hours 12 minutes and 12 seconds and she yeah bizarre and but the thing is when she started that she didn't know how she was going to do it but it was literally putting one step in front of the other and she got to it so she was telling me this story on a night when I discovered that the charity that I'm an ambassador to in Ghana that I hadn't been told because I hadn't actually asked the question the schools didn't have any toilets so they're Um, having open defecation for 840 students plus their teachers. And that was the day I hear Alexandra speak and I thought, I don't know how we're going to do these toilets, but we're going to do them. And so I think when it's in your mind, you, you, you find a way to make it happen. You don't have to know exactly what those steps are. You just need to start taking the action. So I want to hear back from you because there'll be a time I know when you'll give that away. I've got no doubt because it's a strong thing for you. I can feel that. Yeah. Yeah, It's a huge desire. I haven't taken the steps yet because, you know, for me right now, it's more about uh, we've had a bit of a financial switch in our business. And so it's it's more about keeping our head above water right now. uh, But, you know, that's what goals are for. They're not easily attainable. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't be goals. Like, yeah, for somebody who runs triathlons and then to say, yeah, I want to hunt, run 100 meters, it's like, Whoa, what? That's not a goal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's got to be push, pushing and stretching. And yeah. um, unfortunately, that means it's not fun. It's not <laughs> easy, not pleasure. Well, there's pleasure in it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just, it, doesn't, it doesn't just fall in your lap. Yeah, for sure. So obviously giving up everything and deciding to travel the world has, it's 
pros and its cons. Why make that decision? What was the thing that was the tipping point for you and your wife? Oh, there's a concept called third culture kids. I don't know if you're familiar with this at all, but um, we'll, we'll go on a little journey here. Uh, and this, like there's multiple threads that really convinced us, but this was like the biggest one that pushed Becky and I over the edge. Uh, and that was, we, you know, after getting married, we'd spent a year traveling the world, uh, kind of like our own gap year, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it had some religious things behind it, but we were uh, teaching in a school uh, where there were teenagers growing up in a different culture than their own. So you have your home culture, and then you have a culture that you're growing up in, and you you identify with some parts of your home culture, but you also identify with some parts of this culture. So you don't belong here because, you know, for whatever reason, you have more money or, you know, your culture is different. You speak different languages. You don't belong here because these people don't understand. You grew up in tribal Africa. What? You know, and like, so there's this third culture that develops and, uh, and it's an amalgamation of those two cultures. The one that you were, uh, that your parents are from, that you're technically a citizen of, mm-hmm. and the one that you grew up in. Okay, so that's third culture kids, um, or, or now there's third culture adults. But anyways, we inve- we were teaching in a high school and an elementary school, and then um, stayed in touch with these kids. They were third culture kids, so they were in Kazakhstan of all places, amazing country. Um, but then we got to go to their weddings and. To see their weddings, you know, five, ten years later, whatever it is, and to see their weddings and to see these kids, um, kids, you know, as we get older, they still are kids. But uh, you see these 20-year-olds get married and then to hear them talk and to, to see all, you know, it's kind of like a little mini reunion and to see all these kids that are in their late teens and 20s now and just go, I want my kid to be that. Wow. That well-rounded, that... Um, just a, a good head on their shoulders that have the ability to make incredible decisions. And, uh, and so like, yeah, they're not millionaires. They're not like famous people or anything like that, but I want my kids to be like that because mm. I, those are world changers. Those are world thinkers. Those are, you know, uh, they have a really good worldview. Yeah. Um, and so we said, well, then we need to do something. And um, that was one of the big threads that just made us like, we need to change our life. We need to take our kids out of this country, out of this culture. And, uh, we need to find, yeah, we just, they need to grow up elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's lots of other things like the rampant consumerism in the West that we tried to avoid, but couldn't yes. keeping up with the Joneses as it were. Um, but then there was also a podcast that I was listening to about di- the digital nomad movement and going, how is it though that just single guys get to do this? You know, like why can't families do this? And it's like, you know, everybody would say, no, you can't do that because blah, 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 or whatever. We're baselining on a thousand dollars in Thailand and all that. And I'm like, well, if you can do a thousand dollars for just a single guy who has all these creature comforts, like, could I do a family of six for like, I don't know, two, maybe three grand. Yeah. And, uh, suddenly things became like, re- my wife said, okay, just run the numbers. You know, I, let's see. I threw it out there one day when we were really frustrated with life. And I just said, Hey, 
why don't we sell everything and go to Thailand? And she's like, okay. And I was like, no, you're not supposed to say okay. You're supposed <laughs> to fight with me at this, right? And, you know, the, it, as it were, the stars aligned and uh, she was ready to leave. Yeah. And, uh, and so then we, you know, it was nine months later, we were on a plane and, uh, you know, had sold our stuff. And we spent six months or eight months in Southeast Asia. So mm. crazy Any regrets? Time. That we didn't do it sooner. Um, wow. In nice. reality, like, I, you know, we, I, I run a podcast. I try to help other families make these, this leap specifically mm. to what we call location independence. Yeah. Uh, because when we first started it, there was there was no support for families out there. There was tons of people doing it, but they were like they weren't talking. It, it just wasn't easy to find. Sure. So, anyways, we now I mean, there's a huge community, lots of people doing this, and like bar none, my piece of advice to anybody thinking of doing a big change or doing a location independence as a family is like, don't wait. Mm. Seriously. It is financially more affordable to live outside of your Western culture, especially if you're making money from your Western culture lifestyle. So, um, you know, like if there are ways, there are, there are hiccups, there are frustrations, things don't always work right. But by the way, things don't always work right in your current life. So why not? And uh, yeah, we've just, that, my biggest regret is that we didn't do it sooner. Mm. And what's the thing when you hear families that do want to do what you're doing? What what's the thing that's often holding us back from doing that? Is there a common common thread or yes? <laughs> yeah, and we wrote the book on that, but uh, you know, it, it's it's it falls into two categories really. It's it's money and um, education for their kids. Okay, uh, and so there are lots of ways to solve the education thing. Um, kids in a local school done so now they get culture they get language they get all kinds of crazy cool things so like that's the 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 lowest barrier to entry of like you can do this just enroll your kids in another school okay you know you don't need homeschooling you don't need unschooling you don't need world schooling just let's keep that really simple go for a year to spain and enroll your kids in a school there Uh fantastic okay uh, and then the other thing is money. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, rob a bank. There, got that taken care of. Um, no, I, we are not recommending that. <laughs> design your life. If you want to live in jail, you can design it that way. You know? That's true. That's true. Um, Everything you get no, it, for free. Like, yeah, you're right. It's easy life. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> easy not exactly the word that I would put on that but um the the reality is that it's it's not always easy to make money it's not always easy to make money in a remote situation or location independent situation but just like you talked about if you put your mind to it if you put your head to it um things will start to come to you and so there's basically two paths one is the entrepreneurial path of running your own business uh, and then the other is more of like the remote worker path. So you're still working for a company or a business or whatever, and you're just doing it for remotely. And I've seen the most success with people taking their existing job and just making it remote. Wow. Um, and it's, 
it's slow with some bosses and some companies and whatnot, but it is slowly catching on that uh, people are realizing, oh, you can work remotely and be just as efficient because, by the way, how many hours do you spend really, really producing something at work? If you're an information worker and you sit behind a computer and uh, you quote, you know, punch the clock for eight hours a day, um, the how much of that time is spent talking to your neighbor or getting your lunch or preparing to the next meeting or going or meeting? So let's not even start about that. But like, what if you could make that all really productive? And so I really talk with people about that a lot and say you know, what if you could promise more for your boss? Mm. And uh, it's actually how I started my own business was I told my boss, listen, I want to work from, I had an hour commute, a co-working spot opened up in my town. And I said, I'll leave home at the exact same time in the morning, only one or two days a week. And I'll work from this co-working spot and I'll get home at the same time. You'll get two extra hours each day out of me can I do this? And he said, absolutely not. And I went, I can't, it was the best boss I'd ever had, the best job I had ever had. And I was like, that is so short sighted. Yeah. You know, this was in, well, I don't know, this was in 2009. And it's like, how, how is this even possible? Like, and you know, I was pulling 78 hour weeks and it's just like, that's it. I'm done. So that's why I ended up that was the nail in the coffin, the proverbial coffin, if you will. And I started my own business, but I tried to help people think through that same thing of like, Hey, can you just convince your boss that you're going to work from home one day a week? And you're going to say, let's just try this out and see how productive I am. And by the way, working from home is not ideal if you're just trying to make that transition because there's all kinds of to do's of like, Oh, I got to do the dishes and I got to do no, 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 no go work from a co-working space, go work from a different office because you're remote and it doesn't matter where in the world you are as long as you have a good internet connection. And so start there. And we find that that transition helps a lot of bosses feel more comfortable about it. And the employees actually find out, wow, I am way more productive. And I find personally that I can work a four hour day, not to be confused with Tim hours, Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, but I can work a four hour day and produce just as much as anybody working an eight hour day. Yeah. Um, if they're in an office and I'm working, you know, yep. remotely. Yeah. And that's really good advice. And I find when I've been working with people about them working remotely, the thing that happens is because you are trying so hard to prove that you're just as productive, you actually make sure you deliver when you're sitting in the office exactly like you're saying you get caught up in meetings all these other things you really account for your time and trust is the biggest thing between your boss and what you actually deliver once you develop that trust and they can see that and it sort of frustrates me that bosses don't give people that trust because the amount of money it costs for them to replace someone Yet yeah. alone, all that experience, it takes over a year apparently for someone to come back up to the same speed and get the same sort of connections. That's what I'm talking about the internet now. Uh, but that's the thing. Like A business loses so much every time they lose a staff member if they are remotely productive. So it's just 
it drives me crazy that there's not this trust. It's as you said, it's starting to develop, and it's expected. Millennials, especially, are expecting a bit more flexibility with the way they work. But um, you know, it's it's the way of the world. We can do it. So those of us who are doing it need to show that we deliver and show everyone it's easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's still work. You know, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like, oh. I just wrote a blog post about um, our life and, and titled it Life is Good because I didn't want it to come off as too negative. Um, so, you know, if you put the title as positive, then hopefully you'll write more positive. Um, but I went like, here's all the problems we have with our life right now. And one of them was, you know, our business just, you know, experience. We're, we're coming through on the other side of a, a major, you know, financial issue. And uh, yeah, that sucks. And there's just a lot of problems with life. My daughter is, I don't know, supposedly ADD, but we think there's other learning disabilities and other struggles and challenges. And um, yeah, she just wallops on her brothers and she's the oldest daughter, you know, or oldest child. And it's like, what? yeah, I'm sorry. We're travel bloggers. We travel the world as a family, but guess what? Life isn't perfect. It's not Instagram. And we've got massive problems. And, uh, but on the other hand, I have to pinch myself. I'm living in Mexico. You know, we have horses. We, um, just today we're looking at other property that we could rent and move to and all this. And it's like, we're making friends. I can communicate in Spanish, like not really well, but like I can get my car fixed. I can go to the doctor and speak in all Spanish. Like, I don't know that that's amazing. And so like just reflecting on all this and saying, you know, yeah, there's still hard work in, in working remotely or in designing your own life. Uh, you're not going to get away from stress or pain, um, but you get to choose it. And that was the big thing for us when we initially chose a travel lifestyle was we want to choose our stress. I don't want family Thanksgiving and family Christmas to be the stress because I can't handle that stress. But a canceled flight and trying to rush through the airport, I'll eat that stress up all day. It's stressful. But man... I'm, I get energized by that stress, mm. which is so weird, but it's true. Yeah. But, I mean, some of the stuff you're talking about, doesn't matter where you are in the world, those situations may come up. So you can't, as you, exactly as you said, you can't escape from stress. You can't escape from the way we behave. You can't escape from so many things that happen in our lives. And we need to, as human beings and as adults, we actually have to realise that life is tough. But as you yeah. said, it's about how we create the beauty in amongst all of that and how we find our own resilience. And if building your own life the way you want, which for you is travelling and uh, you know experiences and learning Spanish and all of that stuff, that's giving you the strength to be able to have the um, resilience to deal when life deals its inevitable stuff that it does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm, a, you know, I, I get a little concerned because... If I, if I start reflecting and meditating and thinking too much, I get a little worried because I've had a really good life. <laughs> I was just listening to a podcast where a guy was talking to a woman whose uh, daughter died at 11 years old. And then they chose to redesign their life because yeah. they were like, 
they looked around and went, you know, everything is meaningless. And, uh, and then spun that into a positivity and redesigned their life. Um, but I kind of went, you know, yeah, I've got things I can complain about, but I haven't lost a child. I don't have terminal cancer. I'm able to make money. I speak the most common language pretty easy. You know, like I've got it pretty good. And, uh, and so, you know, wake up calls like that, like I'm a little nervous that I might have some sort of, you know, terrible story happen to me in the future. Cancel that. No. (laughs) Don't put it out there. No, true, true, right. But it's more along the lines of, you know, am I living my life today saying it's okay? Like my wife and I, we don't fear death. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> the way I drive, you might think I don't. But, uh, <laughs> the, you know, so many people are like, you're going to Mexico, you're going to die. Do you know how unsafe it is there? Um, and it's like, yeah, okay. but. You know, do you know how unsafe it is to go to school in the States? Like, safety is not guaranteed here. Mm. A long life is not guaranteed. What is guaranteed? Nothing, not even the next breath. I'm I'm sitting here, I'm supposedly wanted a better internet connection. I don't know how it's holding up, but, you know, I'm I'm a 30-minute drive from my family. After we're done here, I could drive home and not make it home. You know, like there's no guarantee. So uh, am I able to look back on the last six months, year, four years, whatever? Am I able to look back and say, if it were to all end right now, am I okay with what it, what I've done, with mm-hmm. where we've been, with how I've raised my family? And I am. Um, five years ago, I don't think I could have said that. But I think the way we're teaching our kids and by the way we're not doing what i had suggested other people do because we're crazy nut job radicals but the way we're teaching our kids the the experiences we're giving them the um impact i'm having on some of our neighbors here uh you know just just living life like uh, i've got friends all over the world now that you know, sure, I could show up on their doorstep, but the other way around, you know, if I have the money, they could call me and I'd be there in a heartbeat um, to help them out because, you know, we're friends like that. And that five years ago, I didn't have that. And now I just feel like there's, I don't know. I just feel like I'm really happy with the life that we've lived to this point. Um, we'll see what next year brings or this year brings. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's really um, important that, you know, you're living to your values. You're doing what you feel is right for you and your family. doesn't matter what anyone else thinks because it's on your deathbed. You've got to be able to look back and go, yeah, I did, did what I thought was right. Which brings me to my question I asked all my guests. Where do you see yourself in 50 years' time? Five zero? Five zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, well... Um, still married to my wife because, uh, we promised 80 years. Uh, so we would get, we'd be married for 80 years, which puts us at around 110 and then we're allowed to divorce each other. So, um, (laughs) uh, you know, we have to renegotiate the terms of our contract. We'll put it that way. So, um, 
50 years. Holy cow. Uh, I do see myself as a bit wore out um, because of what I've put my body through. Okay. Uh, and because uh, I'd be like, I don't know, 85 then, 87. Um, and, but I don't know what country I will be living in, which is a fun thing. Um, I do know that I will be spending a lot of time with my kids and their, and and my grandkids Mm -hmm. that I will choose to live where they are or that they will choose to live where I am or whatever. But we, Becky and I will make a conscious decision to, um, be invested grandparents and invested parents. And so, um, that I know, uh, and I probably will still be working on a computer to a certain degree somehow, uh, retirement's not in my future. So, um, yeah, it's not, you know, like I'm not going to be sipping Mai Tais on the beach. I'm probably, you know, who knows, going to be in Ecuador or Mexico or, the States, God forbid, and uh, living in some sort of family compound with one of my kids and mm-hmm. their grandkids and um, trying to be as as little annoying as possible, but also trying to invest in them and uh, know that um, they don't want to hear what I might have to say, but I really want to, um, I don't know, to be there to be helpful yeah. if I can, yeah. unless they have to feed me through feeding tube and then I'm there because I need my diapers changed something for your kids to look forward to <laughs> they'll be pulling oh, yeah. straws about which one's going to be with you <laughs> exactly yeah um how can people get in touch with you oh there's lots of ways uh a really simple way is head on over to nomadtogether.com um and that's what that's the business that we've set up to try and help people uh, make this leap, help families to become location independent. There's obviously the Nomad Together podcast, and you can email me at paul at nomadtogether.com or, you know, all the social networks, Twitter, Facebook, Insta, Pinterest, blah, blah, blah. We're Nomad Together there. You're nomad in the internet as well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And if you're going to leave one word of wisdom or one sentence of wisdom with the Design New community, what would it be? Seriously, do it now. Like, if, if you've been thinking through something, listening to this podcast or watching this and going, yeah, there's this one thing, you know, this, this design element that I'm trying to work towards or make this leap or whatever it is, like, do it now. That's my, mm. that's my two cents. Yep, and if they don't understand that, they go back to the bit where you said you regret not doing it earlier. Exactly. Replay. <laughs> Start again. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Paul. It's been great hearing about your life and your lifestyle and hopefully it's been inspiration to some people to just get off their bum and do what it is that they really want to do, whether it is location-dependent or not, and um, you're showing people the way forward, so I love it. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Let nothing hold you back, even if you have kids. Seriously, you can do this. Thanks for having me. It's our brain, isn't it, that's stopping us? All the time. A huge shout out to you for being here, for listening in, and being ready to step up to the drawing board. I honour your spirit and your openness to growth. 
If you have a mate who you think will benefit from hearing today's message, please share this episode with them. Another great way you can support us is to subscribe or to leave a five-star review in iTunes. These reviews really do assist us to raise the visibility of the Design You podcast and helps us to reach design newers from all walks of life. I really do appreciate the time it takes for you to do that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it.